I, I got to tell you that I'm a, I'm a little bit of a faker, and uh, you wouldn't know it based on my actions, but uh, uh, sometimes I can hide my fakeness with a little bit of praise. So when, when I do something that I actually, I actually enjoy it, but I don't know why I do this, I, I love going to, to amusement parks. And I like going to, to, you know, play the games and, you know, I kill them on the, on the basketball thing. You know what I'm saying? Give them $2. I win my kids a big, a big, nah, actually I used to spend like $50 and don't win no toys. But I love going to amusement parks. And the part that I love a ton is, is when I get to go on roller coasters. And each time I go on a roller coaster, I kind of have this same experience. I, I start walking up through all the lines and I'm laughing a little bit. I might be a, a little bit giddy. We actually get to the roller coaster itself and that's when the, 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 the little trembles start a little bit. I might, I might be holding on to the rail because it looks like I'm just gliding, but I'm, I'm actually starting to get a little nervous. I uh, go to start sitting down into the seat that the roller coaster has for me. And then they, they, they pull that little bar over to clink, 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 clink on your lap. And now, now the nervousness is, is, is really, it's gone from nervousness to a, li- a, li- a little bit of scaredness. We start leaving the little terminal, swinging around, and then you hear that clink, 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 and the chain starts yanking you up the hill. And we going, and we going. Now, now the fear is really kicking in, but I hide and mask it with a little bit of fakeness and I might jack with you and laugh with you and, oh, y'all ready for this? We about to do it. But, it's, but inside, I'm, inside, I'm nervous and we just saw a bird go under us and I'm seeing the height of what I'm on and, and my fear is in. And then we hit that first hill, you know, the clink, 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 where it just goes go down that hill lightning speed zipping around corners and turns and and I am gripping this little bar like it's my my last hope and then we get back I kind of pause they release the lever I get out and all of the joy starts to flood me when I'm walking down the little tunnel, leaving the roller coaster. That, that's when I can start actually getting hype. I done made it through this thing. We came out. Did we just do that? We just did that. What's up? We did it. That is when my joy, my kind of celebration just comes all. It's just, it just flows. And this week, as, as we listen to God's word, as we have been starting off this new series this week, David is going to help us understand the beauty of exalting God, of celebrating God, of magnifying God's name. David's going to help us do that in Psalm 34, where we come to understand the beauty of exaltation, of lifting up God's name even after a roller coaster ride. Join with me in Psalm 34. Excuse me. Actually, I'm going to have you jump somewhere else first. Join with me in 1 Samuel, verse 
21. We're in the book of Psalms, and that's going to be our our sermon series for the next weeks coming up. We invite you to be reading through Psalms continually as you're going to hear a variety of different types of Psalms. Um, Hold on one second, y'all. The Psalms are this great book that are songs written for praise. All right. But I need to give you a little bit of background. I want you to read this with me right quick. First Samuel chapter 21, verse 10 through 15. And David rose and fled that day from Saul and went to Achish, the king of Gath. And the servants of Achish said to him, is not this David, the king of the land? Did they not sing to one another of him, of him in dances? Saul has struck down his thousands and David his ten thousands. And David took these words to heart and was much afraid of Achish, the king of Gath. So he changed his behavior before them and pretended to be insane in their hands and made marks on the doors of the gate and let his spittle run down his beard. Then Akish said to his servants, behold, you see, this man is mad. Why then have you brought him to me? Do I lack madmen that you've brought this fellow to behave as a madman in my presence? Shall this fellow come into my house. What's going on here, Pastor? You you jumping off in Psalms, but you starting off in First Samuel. Why? Why? Why are we here? Family, we're here just to give you two quick points. Point number one, you got to understand what's happening. David, we know him as 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 a king. But in this situation, he seems to have this like weird posture where we know that David was the one who had the, the stones and killed Goliath. Goliath was a Philistine. And now David finds himself back in the Philistine territory, in the Philistine community. And he's like, "Uh oh, look where I am. I am. I just got myself in hot water. What do I do? You know what I'm going to do? I'm about to act crazy. I'm about to act it all out. He'd start spitting and and going wild. And then they say, oh, man, he's already mad. We'll let him go. Instead, they they should have and could have said, that's David. Oh, yeah, we remember him. Our whole community went into turmoil because he took down our biggest our biggest uh, soldier. Let's get him. They say, oh, man, that dude is already crazy. And they let him go. And so David kind of continues on with his life, kind of getting out of what should have been a, a death experience for him. Now, jump to Psalm 34 with me. All right. We're going we're gonna to turn there. Situation should have been calamity, should have been done. Before you even get to, to verse one, it has this, this description. It says, and of, of David, when he changed his behavior before Abimelech so that he drove him out and he went away. And see, Akish and, and Abimelech as the same person. I could get into the whole details of that later, but see them as the same situation. So before you even jump into Psalm 34, you already know a situation happens. And it is that situation that that David is now writing this psalm, this song. OK. And so now look with look at me. Look with me in the first uh, the first few verses. Verse one. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. 
Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. This crazy situation where David could have lost his life. Now you see him using some some quotes, using some statements, using some some sharings of God that seem to be above his situation. Says in in verse one at all times, but that's just another way of saying in every situation, all situations, even a covid situation. The name of the Lord, he will bless continually. Remember, we said back in chapter one, bless had to do with a a a happiness or a joy of celebrating who God is. And we see again in verse two that that same tenor being communicated, that that happiness and joy add on their gladness. It's all a part of our posture. Why? Because we recognize that we got the king of kings, the Lord of lords on our side. He is with us. And so it doesn't mean we never experience sadness. It doesn't mean that we never go through anything. And you're going to see here, even in verse 19, it's going to help us understand that. But what it does mean is, man, as a Christian, there should be a sense of of gladness in our lives because God is with us. It's with us. And so the, the scriptures here talk about exalting Jesus. And one of the commentaries that I, that I like reading, actually, this was a, a, a Bible dictionary. It just talked about the beauty of, 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 of exalting God and exaltation, that this is lifting up or raising on high of a person in words or actions. The exaltation of Jesus Christ first on the cross and then in resurrection provides a model of how God exalts the humble and the obedient. God also humbles those who exalt themselves. So be careful. Believers are called upon to exalt God in their praise of him. Notice that 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 this is this is a a focus on God and God alone. He says in verse two that I'm that I'm that I'm going to boast. That that that's a Hebrew word saying halal, which describes praising Yahweh proudly to others. This is this is not me just trying to show off God. This is me celebrating how amazing my God is. And you need to know it. And you get to know it. The the term halal, which is make a, a boast. That is the root word where we get our term. Hallelujah. That's why my, my, my man Mike was singing. I, I wish I could do it. My hallelujah belongs to you. Why? You deserve it. You deserve my praise. You deserve me telling others about the amazingness of who you are. You deserve it all. And so we we get to exalt Christ. We get to lift him up. We get to elevate the name of God. I was praying through this week and preparing my sermon and uh, had to had to contact our homie, Brother Rafiq, who started a clothing line uh, some time ago. Uh, and, and he had a, and it's the term elevator. I said, man, I got to give me a shirt because I, cause I want to represent and I want the people not only to hear, but I want people to experience and even see the posture that is supposed to be present for this God, for this king. It's not a, it's not, it's, it, it, you, you're going to see. This is not void of acknowledging our current reality. 
okay? This is not void of, of situations and a number of other things because we're going to see the laments and, and a, a, one of our elders is preparing a sermon on lament. But you'll see lament is like around 50 chapters within Psalms. But it is not the only posture. So you're going to get different postures of what it means to worship the Lord. And this week's posture is one of hymns, hymns, hymns do two things. Hymns help you understand God is your creator and God is your redeemer. God is creator and God is redeemer. It helps keep our focus right on those two aspects of God. And sometimes even in the midst of a crazy situation, we need to have our mind re focused on God. We focused on who he is. I love I love the 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 beautiful aspects of of Christian worship. I I do believe that Christian music is very different than any other music and that at its core, at its foundation, Christian music is about worshiping God. That's a, that cuts across all genres, right? That cuts across, like, you know, the different genres you have within Christian music. The goal of it, if you hear a person talking about themselves the whole time, that's probably not a Christian song. Because like the Psalms, the goal is to represent and worship the king. But even within Christian music, you have genres that kind of express these uh, scriptures uh, uh, with a little bit more emphasis, a little, little bit more focus. Like, 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 let me ask you this. If you had, um, if you can name like a, a couple different genres, let's, let's say, for instance, who, who's the biggest uh, contemporary Christian artist? Who, who, who would you say that might be? And I was going to look in the chat, but I, I, I'm just, I, I'm, uh, I would guess Chris Tomlin. You look, you look at Chris, Chris probably has, of the top 20, uh, like selling songs in like Christian contemporary history, Chris Tomlin got about six or seven of them in there. That, that, the brother can write, and the brother's deep. But let, but let, me, add, let me ask you this question about, about gospel music. Who would you say is the biggest gospel artist? Yep. A lot of people would say Kirk Franklin. And Kirk Franklin don't even sing. Come on, y'all. Why? What, what, is, what is Kirk Franklin's goal? His goal is like every choir director. For you to join the entire choir that is magnifying God's name. If, if, you, if, you, if you're 35 and younger, you probably said Chris, uh, Kirk Franklin. If you're 35 and older, though, you probably said uh, Mississippi Mass Choir. Uh, um, uh, I can't remember the name of the church choir that's in, 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 in um, New York, uh, Abyssinia. Uh, like, you don't even know nobody's name. It's just this choir, that choir. Why? Because the, the posture of, of gospel music is, is like verse 3. Come, let us exalt his name together. Together. 
It is, it is, a, it is a beautiful aspect of, of Christian worship that you should not be doing it alone. Yes, it might be a CD or an MP3 or whatever you pop into your car and you get to play it while you're in your car. But the goal, the reason why it was created was that you would join and be involved in something greater than what you could do by yourself. David is inviting. He's saying, come, let us magnify the name of the Lord together. Let us, let's exalt him. It's, why I, it's funny. I was, I was rapping with my daughter the other day, and I was like, boo, I love our worship team. And, uh, and, she, and we were laughing, and it's like, man, it's like, but one day we're going to have a, a big choir, and I'm looking forward to that day too. And y'all know why I'm looking forward to that day. Because then when the larger the choir, the louder I can sing and my voice just melts in. Yeah, <laughs> you know, but but that's that's the that's the beauty, right? Where it's, where, where you kind of don't pinpoint any and you get this beautiful. Like sound of a voice of one from many. That's the beauty of exalting God together in our 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 brother David is inviting us into that. Look with me at verse four. Says, I sought the Lord and he answered me. And delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant and their faces shall never be ashamed. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. And the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. And camp around them and and delivers them. There's a that 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 beautiful term of radiance. It it communicates uh, and there's a commentary or excuse me, a study Bible I was looking at called Faith Faith Life Study Bible. Said that that term radiant describes being joyfully satisfied. It serves as a response to Yahweh's goodness. Being joyfully satisfied serves as a response to to his goodness. I love I love the Bible because sometimes there's a a depth that you have to wrestle with and wrap your mind around it. You just spend some time, as we talked about last week, uh, just meditating on God's word. And I'm trying to understand this thing. I'm trying to get it, Lord. I'm trying to just wrap my mind around the depth of who you are. But sometimes God's word is very, very simple and elementary, still deep, still soul stirring, but but easy to conceptualize and easy to grasp. And this and the and the structure of this poem is 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 an easy to grasp one. And 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 hear me when I say this, it's 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 called an acrostic poem. And an acrostic poem is is the first poem you ever wrote to your crush. You know, you know that poem you wrote to your crush that that when you say, "Okay, I'm going to make me a poem for Rhodesia. Okay, Rhodesia. R is for you being really pretty. H is for you having a happy personality. O is for. Oh, oh, y'all didn't have a Rhodesia. You ain't have a Rhodesia in your classroom. Come on now. All right. And, and you get how each letter, you, you state something 
that everyone gets because you want the reader of the poem to see and understand. You don't say R is for like you don't make up a word that no one gets. It actually just flows with understanding. And so the acrostic actually takes on all the Hebrew alphabet and each letter, Aleph, Beit, Gimel, each letter of the Hebrew alphabet is getting a line from Psalm 34 that each person would readily begin to attribute and connect with and be able to resonate. It's tough for you to see it here because it's translated into English and English doesn't capture the same acrostic narrative. But 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 I say that because sometimes you just need something that's simple for you to grasp. And when you see something like. I sought the Lord and he answered me. Sometimes that that that's that's what that's that's a, a foundation of the faith. That that God is willing to hear me and provide. That 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 the Lord protects me. Verse seven, the Lord, the, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. Sometimes that sometimes that's 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 the 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 depth that God protects me even in the midst of the craziest of situations and even in the midst of experiencing some pain. He still delivers me. Don't 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 breeze over these these seemingly like easily understandable things. They are that way for a reason. So you can cling to it so you can hold on to it. Verse seven, the angel of the Lord encamps around me. You see, I, I got a I got a testimony to tell. Let me tell you all what. Oh, wait, it, it's not a, it's not about me. Right. It's not it's not about my personal. Right. But I, but I love how David gives us a model. He gives us an example. He shows us that, man, he had a situation that happened that he reflects on. And the, 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 the magnitude of God showing up in that situation leads him to write a song that we can all use for celebration of God. If you didn't know that background, you still would walk in and be like, oh, let's let's exalt the Lord together. Yes, we should bless the Lord at all times. You get it. But but also now knowing that he felt like he was on the verge of death and wrote that helps you get the beauty of us using the testimony God has given us to magnify his name. And that's 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 sometimes uh, that that. I want to I want to encourage you, like, like, see that as a an, an aspect of wisdom. Don't you get don't you get annoyed by 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 people who share their their testimony? Like, like, that's that's some of our issue is that we don't share our testimony. I I am so encouraged by one of the sisters in our body. Uh, 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 some people. um are wired differently. And so they may get a little, a little like rubbed the wrong way by how organized my sister is. My sister Betty is organized, right? My sister Betty, like if you tell her you have a, a situation or an issue, the next day Betty might come with like two book chapters for you and a whole list of scriptures that's just about that title, that topic, and bless you with them. Boom. 
love on you. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it, it's, it's an organization at times that I wish I had, and I'm grateful for, for her posture. But one of the things that, that I think people like, like that I admire about Betty's wisdom and, and her depth in the Lord is that she will share about how God moved in a situation, and sometimes the situation is as minor as a conversation she had with somebody at Einstein Bagel. It, it, it is, it's not just when she was able to speak in front of a large group for mops. It might just be something small and, and God came through. You see, you see, David is pointing us towards exalting Christ. That means testifying to the glory of who God is. And when was the last time you had a testimony? Which, which testimony, Pastor? All of them. Right. Like like there's a testimony of when you got saved. Yes, I, I got that. That and that tell that story. But but nothing's happened to you in the past month. The past week. The past year. That 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 you could tell of of the glory of God that would lead you to exalt him together. I think I think that at times is one of the one of the reasons why there can at times be like this this lack of 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 connection even within a local body, even within our body. Like I know you might be down to serve and I know you might be down to help and I know you might be crazy, crazy humble. But at at times, like if we never hear about God coming through. Never hear about God's name being exalted above all things. It's tough to feel like we're all depending on the same God. Let your testimony be 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 big and powerful or small and powerful. It doesn't matter. Here we are exalting his name. Together. Together. And I, and, I, and I get that times are tough. Times can be rough. Times can be can be jacked up. I remember I was in a, I was in a hospital. I'd had a surgery and the surgery, um, it, it cut, cut across my abdomen and I was in like extreme pain. Extreme pain, so much pain that my cousin came to visit me and check on me. And as he was like cracking jokes, he's cousin Scott's hilarious. As he's cracking jokes, like I feel like someone stabbing me in my side with a dagger. Like I literally had to ask him to leave because I was crying, not tears of joy, but tears of pain because of his humor. Felt the, the worst feeling I could say I've ever felt in my life. And while I'm in my hospital bed, my friend comes in. My friend has had a surgery, too. And in my friend's skin is the, the, the beautiful melanin and the, the rich, like, dark complexion that was gone. He was pale. Now we can see, like, his eyes are wider and his teeth are, are beaming. And, and in the midst of all of my pain... I can't even laugh right now. I see my friend. And I was grateful. I, I had a moment where I could exalt God for even what I saw in him. 
You see, I know life can be jacked up. Stuff can be painful. But there is no reason for us not to be able to exalt his name. And that's all David is saying is not just based on what I experience day to day, but based on who he is, I can exalt his name. And so I'm going to stop talking for a second. I'm going to let you hear the verses read so you can hear the beauty of what David has written. If I keep jumping in every verse, you don't get the magnitude. It can't just see the flow of thought as as David's pen is just flowing with praise, flowing with exaltation, flowing with elevating the name of God. So look at me with at verse eight. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him have no lack. The young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Come, O oh children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is there who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil. And your lips from speaking deceit. Turn away from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous and his ears toward their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil to cut off the memory of them from the earth. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. He keeps all his bones. Not one of them is broken. Affliction will slay the wicked and those who hate the righteous will be condemned. The Lord redeems the life of his servants. None of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. Two points, y'all, two points. Then I want to praise you on home. Look at look at verse 19. Okay, because because this man knows challenge. He knows pain. He knows the reality of things not going your way. And I'm grateful that he doesn't promise that. Be be weary of false teachers and these Folks who sell you lies when they tell you that Christians won't experience anything, that Christians should not be experiencing pain. Christians should not be. No. Look, verse 19. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. The righteous will go through pain. The righteous will go through stuff. The righteous go through some situations. But the Lord delivers him out of them all. It, 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 it made me think of some, some unique bonds that I've been able to, to, to watch over the past years. But, but definitely in the midst of this COVID-19. Sadly, some have had folks pass. And I've 
watched and been able to see that even in the midst of, of some folks having their family members pass, maybe even their parents, I've watched as couples have said, man, I am grieving like none other, but at least I have you here with me in the midst of this grief. I miss the one that I love, but I'm grateful that I'm not going through it alone. You see, that's that's just a a mere example of 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 no matter what we go through and we will go through things. God will be with us and will get us through it. It saddens me when Christians think that because you become the Lord, you become his child, as he says in these verses, his righteous one that you would believe or even consider that you're not going to experience anything. Yes, he talks about protecting you. Yes, he talks about keeping us. But it's not so that we wouldn't go through anything. It's so that we would believe, trust, and know we can cling tightly to him as we go through. So that's verse, verse 19, gives us that clear picture And it doesn't stop David's praise. This is not a this is not a rule. So you're saying, Pastor, that if if I go through a situation, I don't praise God, I'm being disobedient. No, not saying that, man. The reality is situations happen and we get frustrated, depressed, anxious or all these different things happen. But God is saying, but I am with you. I am. Am above all those things, even in the midst of feeling sad and grieving your loved one, I still love you. I still am in control. I still am on the throne. I still reign. And that I am your God. You see, the, the beauty of it is that our, our situations don't lead us to have a change in relationship. Our situations lead us to cry out to God, whether it's God help, God, I need you, God, I don't understand. But this specific posture is, God, I'm going to celebrate you regardless. God, I'm going to praise you. Even in the midst. But there is a, a difference between the broken heart and the contrite heart. The, 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 the contrite heart is a, is a, has a righteous response, a response that is, that is of gratitude, of celebrating. Or you can have the, the, the evil posture. And, and God says that there's going to be a, a, a memory. Verse 16, the face of the Lord is against those who do evil to cut off the memory of them from the earth. Your, your, your perceived gain, the way in which it looks like you're getting ahead, will not last always. It's going to be cut off. But the righteous, God will care for the righteous. His eyes are upon the righteous. He is near the righteous. 
he saved even when crushed in spirit. That is a reason for us to exalt. That is a reason for us to magnify. That is a reason that is not in and of ourselves. Nothing we have done. It is of God and God's love alone. Family, I was, uh, was at CVS in these past few months. I was at McDonald's in this past few months. I was at um, Harbortown Market in these past few months. I've been at a number of different stores where the, the training is the same. And I and I and I and I'm I marvel at 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 how 945 or 950 minimum wage can can communicate this whole gospel message in 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 a daily interaction that happens at CVS and Harbortown and grocery store. Each time the clerk has a new person come up and they process that person's groceries and everything, when that clerk is done, the clerk says, have, thank you very much. Have a good day. To, to, to a total stranger, the clerk has been told, I want you to say, thank you very much. Have a good day. This, this is a, 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 a norm that we experience as we go in and out connecting with all these different businesses so much so that we don't even really see it as gratitude. Sometimes we just see it as a, a, a saying that the person has to say. And we can be tempted to allow that to be the case for the church. Where we sing a Kirk Franklin or a Chris Tomlin song and we just singing it just to sing it. And we're just saying it just to say it. Or what happens when, 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 that, when that clerk says, hey, I hope you have a good day today. Like, like you, you feel it. You know it. You, there's, a, there's, a, there's a bit of a difference in just it being spit off. You see, that's, that's the exaltation, that is the lifting up, that is the praise that God wants from us, that it would be some, something special in our blessing of his name, that we would not be just going through the motions, y'all. Not even able to pause and testify to, to, to the goodness of who God is. He's worth way more than 950. We've been through these crazy roller coasters that life brings where we've experienced fear, worry, anxiety, and he has brought us through. We have a reason to exalt his name. And so the last verse is the verse that that all of the acrostic is pointing to. The last verse, verse 22, says the Lord redeems the life of his servants. None of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. The Lord redeems the life of his servants. None of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. The the, the whole goal is for you as a person to find your rest and your being in Jesus. To take refuge. Refuge means there's an attack coming. 
You can see the movie and and you need a place to be able to be safe. Your refuge is in Jesus and Jesus alone. And what he does is even through those crazy aspects of life that you go through, what he does is bring you to the point of being able to praise because, you know, at the end, you're safe. Maybe not safe from this world has, maybe not safe from uh, uh, having no money, maybe not safe even from violence, maybe not safe from people hurting your feelings, maybe not safe from being misunderstood, maybe not safe, but safe from hell. Safe from being condemned to a place of of eternal separation from a God that loves you. Jesus is saying to you. Well, yes, I will walk with you. I will protect you. There are some aspects of your life here on earth that you will experience and, and even have happiness, joy and gladness because of me. But don't get it twisted. There is also an end in mind. That no matter what this world throws at you, I am guaranteeing that you will not experience hell. You will experience heaven being fully in the presence of the one who created you. That is our goal. That is our desire. If it is your goal today to accept Jesus into your heart because you want to lift him up and magnify his name, I ask you to simply pray this prayer with me. Lord, forgive me. I have been about my own life and not about exalting yours. Sin Stops me from celebrating you. Thank you for dying for my sins. So that I might be able to live for you. And exalt your name properly. It's in Jesus name you pray. You've prayed today. Amen. If you've prayed that prayer, then we welcome you into the family of God. And we would love to connect with you after this service. If you have prayed that prayer some time ago and are trying to to walk out this thing, then we want to ask you to simply over this next week. Ask yourself, what does it look like for you to testify? Maybe that's you do one of the little Marco Polo joints and you send a testimony into what we've been doing as a church. That's cool. We'd be down for that. But but more than that, like like. Do your kids know? Have, have, they, have your children heard you celebrate God? Does your spouse hear you celebrate God? Do your friends, family, cousins, parents, children, like, like you are in a community. And I'm not saying every single second you need to testify, but 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 don't let Satan even now, family of God, start giving you all the reasons why you don't need to do it. Oh, so is this a rule? Is this what it means to be a Christian? How many testimonies do I need to give? Uh, how deep does it need to be? Don't. What does it look like to exalt his name this week, this day, this posture? New believer, new to faith. We want to help you learn what that means. Seasoned in the faith. Let's refine it and walk it out, y'all. Also, God's name can be exalted.
Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. It is in your magnet. It is your name that we magnify, that we lift up. It is your name we want to elevate and celebrate, Father. Thank you for being all that we need. Protector, provider, deliverer, savior. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.